Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So, Sine, last episode I asked you how long you'd last in a fight club. <laughs> yeah. Are you lasting even less time in Hunger Games? Yeah. Sorry to get dark real quick, but I'd um I'd take care of that before we needed to mm. go into the arena. I'm not doing that. No. No, th- thank you, but no. But your district. I no, I don't care about them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about them. I'm dying. Yeah, but they'll die too. They won't die if I lose. Yeah, you gotta re- represent them. If you do good stuff, you win. You bring back money for them and stuff. Doesn't happen, does it? Because that's not what's happened any other time. It's all mm. corrupt. So I'm just, I'm just pacing out real quick. Okay. What about you? I'd win. See, the thing is, you are highly intelligent, so you could outsmart some of the, you know, big dumb. I don't know if I have the killer instinct though. I don't. If if push came to shove, I don't know if you could do it. Mm. Oh well. So you'd be up fourth. Okay. A respectable <laughs> fourth. Thank you. <laughs> Hello there, this is I Only Like You and Movies. My name is Lonnie, her name is Sine. Hello. We have seen Hunger Games. The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Strap in. I've got a lot to discuss. It's going to be a big episode. <laughs> We're a bit light up top, but these are the you know, the biggest movies that actually have something to say and are quite serious in amongst the, the thrills and spills, hey? It's award season, baby. Award season? You reckon going to get awards? No. Okay. It should, though. I reckon it should. I'm just saying, like, good movies are coming out at the moment. With yeah, to say. okay, right. That was my link. Right, okay. Thanks for bringing us along. <laughs> <laughs> I just meant more than the average action movie. This one has, it's got themes, it's I think. It's almost like stories wit- written for young adults actually are intelligent and have meaning. Can be. Wow. Yeah. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot, actually, in terms of world events of recent years. Like... It wouldn't take much for a Hunger Games to start, would it? That's the point of the movie. Yeah. That if you if you can make one group in society not seem human, you can do anything to them. Mm-hmm. Right? And we're seeing that play out right now. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it was really sharply put into focus for me with some of the elements that have been happening, some things that happened in real life, and they're watching this movie in and around that. Yeah. It's definitely come out at an interesting yeah, time. Yeah, right? And I think, I mean, as much as art can help in those moments or help dramatise something about the world, I think you can do a lot worse than watch these movies because they, yeah. they're really good. And we went back and watched the original. I, I haven't got around to watching the last one of the original yeah. four. Busy. Fine. And then, but I watched this before that, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, how good is it? Good. Do you think it holds up compared to the original trilogy and quadrology whatever it is yes tetralogy whatever i think it goes hung games one right hung games two right tobosis okay the ballad of coming in right in yeah big gap 
Mockingjay part. What's wrong with Mockingjay? I just I, different. It's, it turns into a totally different movie for the for the last two. They split it because mm. they were trying to do a Harry Potter thing and Twilight thing, and everyone tried to split it. Didn't need to split it. And I, I'm less interested in that sort of side and more interested in the. I'm more interested in the people killing each other. Didn't Mason and Mr. Sunday say that? Mm. Says something about me and my interests, but. I, don't know. I like how those ones go different. It becomes a war movie and revolution movie. Yeah. I don't. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think it helps it hold up really well. One thing I say about this one, though, it's a prequel. Yes. Which I like. I, I like the way that they did it. But it's also kind of two movies in one, which I didn't know going in. Neither. It's actually th- uh, three. The three parts, but it felt like very much there was a distinction between... Yes. The first part, it ends, and they're like, oh, cool, it's ending. Oh, no, another hour. Yeah. And I don't know if I liked that. Wow. So it's based on a book, and in the book there were also three parts, so they kept that mm-hmm. back well. I, when I watched it, the ending, I thought was really setting us up for a, se- a sequel prequel, if that makes sense. But no plans to do that, apparently. This mm. was sort of a one-off from Suzanne mm. Collins and Francis Lawrence, who directed the original Hunger Games and also came back to direct this, has said that they will not do anything without Suzanne's content, mm. essentially. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to go off and just make one that's not based on her narrative. And there's a little spoiler, but I won't go into it now. I'll go into it later. That's all I have to say at this moment. Okay. <laughs> Well, we really liked it. It's probably can't say too much more without spoilers, really. True, yeah. Well, we should say what it's about, okay. I guess. So, um, uh, Rachel Zegler's in this, whomst we love, mm-hmm. and whomst we think has been unfairly maligned by people online. She's going to keep winning, though. They keep coming for her, but she keeps winning. I know. Just because she's a woman and dares to have an opinion, mm-hmm. and there's a woman of colour online. What a perfect movie for her, too. Mm-hmm. Imagine, like, Suzanne wrote this, what, 10 years ago or something. Well, no, not 10 years ago. A little while ago. Three or four years ago. And then Rachel Segler comes along and is the person who can actually play this role. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's not, there, I don't think there's many people who could play this. I wrote be this a, Be a complete singer and also do all the... Rachel is perfect yeah. casting and it blends her skills well. Mm-hmm. Can I blow your mind? Well. She turned down the role when she was first offered it. Really? Why? She had just been shooting Snow White in London. Ever coming out. Who knows? And she had been away from her family and her partner for a long time. And she was having a really tough time. Yeah, hang on. Bring him along. Hang on. She was having a really tough time and she said, no, I need to go home and do that. Mm. Then, while this was happening, her partner, Josh Andres Rivera, mm. who also worked on West Side Story with her, separately auditioned for Sejanus, the Hunger mm. Games, and got it. Mm. Then upon hearing that news, she was like, hmm, maybe I can actually... This is from her, by the way. I've watched every interview on YouTube, basically. I went down a weird rabbit hole at 2 a.m. Sue me. Um, so he got the role, mm. and then she's like, hmm, maybe I can do this. And so she called back Frances Lawrence and her agent and said, is the role still open? And they said yes. Wow, that's so... Is that close, right? Like she... Yeah. So they'd already started filming and she came on a week into when they'd already been filming straight off the set of Snow White on Friday, straight onto the set of Tobosis on Monday. Wow. How cool is that? So they were filming without a Lucy Gray? They were filming all the other scenes. No, 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 no. They knew she was coming on by that oh, point okay, when they started okay. filming. I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are like, we'll just film it, work no, it no, out. No, no, no. <laughs> Do her stuff later. <laughs> 
No, but that's pretty cool, right? That mm. she, yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny her career. Not many people go from like big blockbuster, big blockbuster from their first three or four movies, but she has. I think I said this maybe on Shazam. I'm looking forward to her indie movie, like where she gets to play Ooh. just like a regular yeah. 20-something-year-old. Oh, we spoke about how she'd be so good in like a high school rom-com. Yeah, absolutely. That would be so fun. Yeah. People are saying when's her um, Broadway debut, which should have happened also like that? last year. Yeah. So when's that happening, please? Yeah. It should be amazing or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, people keep predicting she's going to go bad or like something bad's going to happen, but she keeps on killing it. I know this maybe didn't didn't light the box office on fire, but I think it was very well received, and I think it proves there's still an appetite out there for Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. For sure. Do you want to hear me some more facts? You've got some... Oh, I just have notes written down that I wrote, um, like, months ago, and I, they're just in weird orders, so I'm probably not going to be very Okay, do you want to go, well, just general plot, we'll go over that a little general bit. Now, plot. what do you, you like think of it? So there's a, it's a 10th Hunger Games. Yes. And we've got Mr. Snow as a young hottie. <laughs> as, a, as a baddie, is what the kids say. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, don't trust blonde guys, all right? <laughs> just don't. It never ends well. I'm not, like... On the Tom Blythe, like, Wagga Wagga train. But I'm on the Tom Blythe train. He seems like the sweetest little guy in the whole entire mm. world. He's besties with Rachel and Josh. Right. So you approve of his actions in this movie. The killing. The murders. Yeah, I'm here for mass murder. Obviously, You heard on here first, here, guys. I thought he did an excellent job of playing President Snow, famously played by Donald Sutherland. So basically, we're doing stuff. We're doing the 10th Annual Hunger Games. And Peter Dinklage is in charge of these students from the capital, basically. Mm. And for some reason, I can't quite remember, hopefully you do, he assigns them all a district, assigns them all a victor, potential victor, in proving why the games have to happen or something. And he's I think it's still the place. early days. They're still working out how to still do other games. Yeah. And if we're into spoilers now, as it turns out, he was hoping they would fail. Yes. That's why he did that. Yes. But it was kind of a... Um, Kind of an FU to test, test, yeah, to to prove yourself to be the next generation of leaders in our (laughs) fucked up dystopia. Yeah, and also Viola Davis is Game Master, and she came up with the concept and everything, and she's having a great time in this film with her little contact lens and her Mm. crazy villain characterization. Yeah, well, Cory, what do they call him? Yeah, okay, so I thought his name was Cornelius, but it's Coriolanus. Coriolanus, But they call him Corio, for short. Mm. Well, his dad was part of the original Hunger Games and part of the revolutionary sort of stuff. Besties of Peter English, right? Peter English is, yeah, and they they kind of... It was almost like it was almost a joke, almost like, what's the worst thing we could do? We could make them kill each other. And yeah. that's how it sort of snowballed. Yeah. yeah. Which is pretty... Yeah. And it's a interesting role for someone to take on because he's your protagonist, he's your hero... He's also your villain. Yeah. And he's the villain of the main series. I'd, you know, take it to Harry Potter. It'd be like having a young, hot um, Voldemort movie. They tried to do that. Well, they tried a little, little bit of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it works well. He, he gives enough of the complexities and enough of a hint, like you can kind of see he's trying to do good in some parts of his screwed up yeah. world that he's in. But he very easily... 
takes the evil train, doesn't he? I think they did a really good job in parts one, two, three, if that's how they're going to structure it. Mm -hmm. Him and the director and everyone costuming and everything did a really great job of showing that transition to become President Snow. So conniving. I actually think you probably could have split this into three movies. You could have had The Hunger Games be one, second he's out being a security man, Mm. briefer man, whatever Mm -hmm. they're called. And then the third one, sort of his ascent back into mm. after he kills Peter Dinklage and, and goes back into District 1, right? It's an interesting thought. I thought there was actually enough material for them to have done that. And so I was surprised that they didn't want to do that. And also, it doesn't seem like they're going to have a follow-up because, the spoiler I was alluding to before, um, at the end when he shoots her, there is blood on the ground. And mm. the canonical thing is that the body was found in the canal. Oh, I thought that was canonically... I never found her. So, Lucy Gray is a character in a William Wordsworth poem. He's part of the Hunger Games universe. I didn't know that. (laughs) He wrote into this. Was it fan fiction from him? (laughs) I thought it was just four books. (laughs) You laughed at that. Lucy Gray is a poem written by William Wordsworth in 1799, published in his book Lyrical Ballads. Right. It describes the death of a young girl named Lucy Gray who went out one evening into a storm. Okay. Suzanne Collins took a lot of the stuff to do with that, and canonically, it's found in a canal. She's near a canal when she gets shot. She's near the river. The right. idea is that she. Do must you mean have died. canonically in in the original poem? She's yes dies. Okay. And because there are so many similarities that Suzanne Collins has done, that's sort of how we're meant to People, interpret this, yeah. essentially. I think it's good that they never really say what happens to her, though. Sure. Because you can hold out hope that she made it to Canada well, or whatever. that's a great point, Lonnie, isn't it? It's great that they don't answer that. Here's my gripe. Gripe number one. If this was a prequel, I know the answer is because it wasn't written until recently. Why wouldn't District Tro- District 12 always have had this, like, folklore myth about that one time a tribute fought back and survived? All through Katniss's thing, she's, like, the only person to ever fight back. Why wouldn't they, they be, like, I remember that one time Lucy Gray did mm. it. She got out, so there's hope well, for us all. Interesting you say that. Can I push back? No. Yeah, Okay, on. yeah, no, bad, bad thing. Moving on. Go on. From what I've read, this is early days Hunger Games. Yes. And so when Katniss is doing it, it's like the 75th, right? So it's like 60 plus years later. They're in a fascist state. They control the media. They control the history. I understand that. But there's still a rebellion. There's still an underground rebellion. And I just... I don't know. I'm happy for it to the, the myth of her to have morphed and changed. But the fact that she is absent at all... Well, they sing a song, but yeah, you're right. There's nothing... Oh there's no God. ever mention. You don't like the song for some reason. I don't know why. Did we care about the origin of the song? Were you watching the movie and going, gee, I wonder where that song came from? You know what it felt like? It felt like Han Solo's Fluffy Dice. I never thought about where the song came from and I didn't need to know. I agree it could have been more more interesting if that song's the song that's passed down. I didn't mind hearing how it came about. But the lyrics are so... They're literally telling you the events... And then we had to watch the movie show us the events in the song. Are you saying it's a Taylor Swift music video? Wow. <laughs> Lawrence Gilroy. I did not say that. He did. And you can cancel him. And not me. 
Are you talking about literal interpretation, are you? I'm okay with it, personally. So how come you're okay with it with this one, not with Taylor? My problem with Taylor... Don't do it. She writes such beautiful, lyrical, evocative music and lyrics, and then the music video is just literally what she's put on the page, brought to life. You made me say it. I don't want to say it, but you Talking made me say it. Talking about singing, I did like that they use diegetic sound with Rachel singing. Mm-hmm. Wonderful choice. Harder to do, definitely, in terms of matching up cuts, especially where she's singing in the tavern, the fight sequence mm. is happening. They were talking about how hard that was to nail. But important, I think, they weren't studio-produced songs that she was dubbing, that she dubbed to, you know? Like, it was yeah. actually her singing, which is incredible, and shows her talent that she was able to do that, like take one after take, you know what I mean? Like, just completely... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Eminem Marshall Mathers turns up with his little buzz cut. Corey goes out. Are you kidding, huh? He gets... I think that was interesting that he's not just, like, perfect from the beginning and has always been evil and on top. He had to fight for it. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that was yeah cool. he had to adapt. That's the thing about prequels I've seen people criticise. They criticise Solo where... It's a prequel, but he's essentially kind of solo, Han Solo from the beginning. Mm-hmm. At least in this one, in most in other prequels that are interesting, it's like how they go from nothing to that person, and you can see him. Yeah, he's always journey. had he's always had to fight. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you like him out there in the districts? Well, no, he's a baddie. Do you like that part of the story where he goes to the districts? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> and then he strikes up a, a real. Relationship. We haven't talked about the Hunger Games. She she gets picked out. They have to go in. She has to go in. I liked how it was a really bare bones Hunger Games. Yeah, and their arena was an actual arena, which was just mm-hmm. like a coliseum essentially. Yeah. Um, I liked how you can see how it's developed over the years, and mm-hmm. how his ideas have morphed it into a TV event. When back then it was kind of like we'll just film the the ten minutes of them killing each other, so you guys out there in the districts know who's in charge, and. In yeah. here, we see it develop. He's like, no, you have got storylines. People got to fall in love with the people. Mm-hmm. They need to be involved. They need to send them presents. Need to root for them. Yeah. And he was really clever, clever with the water thing. Okay, here are my notes about the actual Hunger Games. I did think the singing inside the arena was a little cringe. <laughs> that's the thing. She's supposed to be a theatre kid. Not, yeah, she really... I think that's what rubs people the wrong way. Real theatre kid energy. Do you mean when she's got the snakes with around the snakes. her? Here's what I and say. everyone's quiet, and it's just like... Ugh. I don't think films have enough iconic images anymore. Okay. <laughs> what? Staking that, yep. This is the hill you're going to die on. Well, how many movies do you watch? What do you mean by an iconic image? Like, you think of the movie, you think of that. Like Alien when it's coming out of her tummy. Forrest Gump on the park bench sort of thing. You Got know? you. Mm-hmm. You think of this movie, I think of her singing, snakes all around her, She's terrified she's going to get bitten. That's how she wins Hunger Games. Wow, okay. That's your image. What's your image? I don't think that would be my image. Eminem. <laughs> well, like, think of, like, the Marvels that came out recently. Anything sure. in that sticks out in your mind? Nothing, mm-hmm. right? That's not the best example to use. Well, yeah. yeah, as an example, though, okay, of yeah, yeah, big sure. action sure. movies or recent years, yeah. compared to that, to this. The cat. Okay. That's all I think so. There's a line, one of the baddies in the Hunger Games dies. Now she's dying, she says, then what was it all for? I know it's a YA, 
book slash movie, but I don't think we need to state the theme. I think we're smart enough to have understood that. Fair. Just just a script note. Fair. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Why did she empty the other water bottles? Why did she spend so much time opening the other water bottles? It would have been fine if she'd left one or two. I think if she left all mm. of them, yeah, there was a chance that they wouldn't have drunk it. But if she left one or two, it would have been fine. I guess she wasn't. I know why, because they need to kill the other girl and she needs to feel guilty. She wasn't thinking the girl. Yeah. Um, so there's a bit at the beginning, before the Hunger Games actually happen, Josh, as Sejanus, somehow gets himself into the arena and Koyo has to go rescue him for contrived reasons. Mm. I really didn't enjoy that sequence. It felt so contrived. I didn't understand in what world would they ever let these District 1 students go in, like the the best of the best, the eugenics-tified mm. students, go in. Maybe yes to Sejanus because he didn't belong there, but why would they have wasted Koyo and risked him dying? thoughts on that sequence where they found a way to get them in the arena i like the sequence because it was about he's like a radical sejanus the whole time yes he's, he's part of the system but he's trying to bring it down as well but why does Corio have to go in to rescue him because he's the main character and he's got a they've got to fight for each other before that makes their ultimate um betrayal even harsher right okay if he didn't care about him the first bit he'll let him die then yeah I guess. I just, I still think it was a lot to get them in the actual, you know, Mm. actually facing real danger. Mm. I thought it was interesting. They still had, like, they still had a lot of voice opposition at this point in the Hunger Games history. Yeah. Yeah. Like. I get that. I have to assume when Snow's around in the 75th year, you couldn't even say, no, this is bad. That's true. When you could say it back then. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Still starting out, I guess. Um, interesting fact, they actually filmed all the arena stuff first. So mm. when they were filming the students, like, in the games, they were actually playing the footage on the screens. That's awesome. The arena screens. They yeah. had something to react to, which is really fun. Cool. Loved all the drone stuff, thought he was really clever with all of that. Mm. Um, the bow she gives when she's first chosen. Improv. But it looks like Katniss. She did it on purpose to be a nod to Katniss. <laughs> there you go. I didn't like the bows, nods to Katniss. The bows 
travel through time. I'm sorry, I didn't like the nod to Katniss. I didn't like the, oh, it's too early for Katniss. Guys, what are we doing? Okay, like, your writers, can we not figure that in a different way, a more subtle way, rather than literally saying it's Look, too early? It was cringe, Katniss. but I liked it. Also, Katniss is a potato or something, is that right? Potato root. <laughs> what are you laughing at? I'm laughing at the idea of a baby like today being born. First name potato, middle potato. name root. Little potato. But, oh, he's such a potato, though. Mm-hmm. Um, we're referring to John Green's new dog, if you're. Our, our good friend John Green's dog. <laughs> our best friend, John Green. <laughs> Shout out to some really great weeks. Yeah. I never are shout you, out Are you being weeks. ironic here? No. Every single person in this film, the main cast, was wearing a wig. Even Josh, just Sejanus, it was a wig. Really? Mm-hmm. Absolutely beautiful. Mm. The great wig, work. The wig works. 10 out of 10. Best wigs of the year. Incredible. This is how you do wigs. Yeah. I feel like sending this is like a, an attached Even file. Rachel. I think she had extensions or something. Okay. Um... But Hunter's was a wig. Yeah. Oh, we need to talk about Hunter. We need to talk about Hunter. Please. Hunter's great in this. Hunter is amazing. I haven't seen her in anything else, I don't think. She slays. She's a queen. Yeah. Incredible. That, you know, someone's got to got to witness the horrors and the the devolution of your villain. Of Poyo. Yeah. Yeah. He needed someone near him mm-hmm. to, like, a signal to the audience how much he's changing. Yeah. Yeah. She was just um, removed, removed enough to, to her do cousins, that. right? Her cousins, yeah. Yeah, interesting. I did. I've I've got to give it to him. Snowlands on top. It's a pretty <laughs> awesome little mm-hmm. mantra. I really, I do really like that, and I like mm. how he says it at a few different points in the movie, and mm. it does. It's always so. the quiet ones, isn't it? The conniving ones. You're quiet. Well, he's playing both sides too, because he's friends with the. With all the really hoity-toity, and then also his friends are Sejanus, but he's playing off each other. Yeah. And he knows that, like, he's got, he's given this little song bird. Yes. And she can't just brute force her way through it, so he, he works out other ways to do it. He's too clever. Yeah, here's my thing. I don't think what he did was cheating. Hmm. Is that because there's no rules in a fight to the death? I guess that, but also... Him using the knowledge of the snakes of the scent would have been the same as one of the students using knowledge of something else that they knew about because that's what mm. they specialised in and passing that knowledge verbally onto their district yeah. person. Yeah. I just don't... Maybe the rat poison because she's sneaking something in, but I do not agree that the snakes was cheating. And also, what an idiot. Don't use your one scarf that has your initials on it. Mm. It's the stupidest thing. <laughs> Bud, do you reckon what he did was cheating? As I said, I don't get any rules in a fight to the death in a Hunger Games. Wasn't he just being clever, which is what Viola Davis wanted anyway? Absolutely. It was, It was. you know, trumped up charges in a fascist state to get rid of him because he was a threat. Yeah. How many times do you reckon he says Lucy Gray in this film? That's her name. Okay, I would like you to refer to me every time you talk to me. No nicknames, no... Full, full name? Full name. From all time? At all okay. times. all right. That's her name. I saw her say that herself, Rachel. Yes, 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 I know. And she says it in the movie. She's like, my name's Lucy Gray. But 
I'm not. My issue isn't with the name; it's the fact that in movies to say it. they always call each other their full name, which mm. people don't do in real life. Mm. Again, an issue I have with the script. Mm. Two other things I have an issue with. I know I'm nitpicking. I like the film overall, but just have thoughts. Peter Dinklage was unfortunately left with a lot of the exposition. Um, fun fact: he couldn't say any of the true names, names. <laughs> when filming, <laughs> and. Um, he couldn't get Coriolanus out. He mm. he thought it was Cornelius, and they had to do a few tracks of that. And I think Tom eventually had to say, "Mate." Did he read the script? Fucked <laughs> up one day. Mm. The worst offender of this is probably when he says, "Your dad and I were best friends." As you know. As you know. That's not Peter's fault, though. I'm not saying it's his fault. I'm saying that he was left with the. I know. Short end of the stick. Yeah. I think also they could have dug a bit more into. Lucy using him for her benefit. Mm. They sort of toyed with whether she actually had feelings for him or not, but they didn't go far enough into, mm. well, did she? It was always, yes, she did. But I was expecting some sort of, like, double reveal where he said, I never loved you, and she says the same, mm. you know? But seemingly it was mutual. I guess so. I guess she's going to be too pure to be doing that. Yeah, but then but... she says she's a survivor, and she's she's... The last left of this, like, mm. covey who are these travelling musicians who don't even really belong to District 12. They've just lumped in with them. Mm. I thought she had a bit more bite in her and, mm. and was a bit smarter and was able to... But maybe she... Maybe she was then she fell in love. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I think is what they were trying to do. And the, issue, the issues I have really are with the story, not necessarily the film. And I, I acknowledge that. Like, it seems like a pretty accurate adaptation. I just think... If you know your little boyfriend is evil, right, and you know that he's probably sent his friend and some other innocent people to be hanged, I don't think we need to remind him that you're the loose end that needs tying up right before you go outside. Just go outside. Be like, I'll be right back. I'm just getting something mm. for us. That whole thing felt a little bit contrived for me at the end where yes. the guns are here and that's the one last thing. Kind of, I liked where they got to, but it kind of felt like took a while and a few plot machinations that felt a little bit forced to get there. Yeah. But I liked the ending. Him he, sort of going insane in the forest well, with the songbirds. It's and his stuff. paranoia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it makes sense why he's so angered by Katniss, I guess, because the same, you know, energy about her. Yeah, and, I, and it goes into the future where. He can't trust anyone because the one time he let his guard down, yeah, he was totally. betray- he betrayed himself. Get yeah. all that. I just think, like, don't be like, oh, you should probably kill me too, and mm. then be surprised when he's trying to kill you. Mm-hmm. Really loved costume design. Loved the little nod to the rainbow dress at the end over the statue. I did not pick up on that in the film. Mm. think it was really cleverly done. Mm-hmm. Really enjoyed that. And then there's been some people who were talking about whether Koyo was jealous of Lucy, of Lucy's popularity or of her mm. attention that she was getting or the fact that she had morals and he really wanted to stand for something and he was being confronted mm. by someone who was standing for something and he felt envious of her more so. Like, that was part of the charm of her, I guess, mm. why he got enamoured by her. Thoughts on that? I think they could have played up that some more, to be honest. Yeah. I think if your idea of having three movies, you could have... Gone way it's more into that. It's rare that I say that, right? It's rare that I mm. want something to be expanded, but I actually think they probably could have... Could have Even two movies. Three. One's Hunger Games, sure. next one and is... Sure, and the other's... Split. Yeah, part two and part three. Absolutely. I think they mm. had enough to do it. 
I assume there was some sort of it's buying funny. rights thing why they didn't. But... Oh, potentially. I think it's funny how I think people turned off doing those these days. Yeah, because, because of like, oh, it lack work. of success. Yeah. But this time it could have worked. Yeah. Oh well. There's there's a hint of more to come. I, I think something I saw recently. There might be another book in the pipeline. It's funny people always want to see. I want to see, you know, Hamish's Hunger Games everyone's or everyone's Hunger Games. Yeah. Like, do you? Like, I love the world, but it, it, it's a bit grim watching more and more of these, right? I get your point. I think Hamish's ones are more intriguing because it was a different type of Hunger Games where they had double the mm. people. And he's a favourite and he's an alcoholic in the so world we see. So what happened to him yeah, to make him that way? I get it. But it is interesting you say that, particularly with what's going on at the moment in the Middle East. Mm. When the first Hunger Games came out, I didn't have anything to draw a direct parallel to. Um, obviously, mm. history and like watching how the world could become was a part of feeling mm. those emotions. But it was very confronting watching this at around this time and being like, but this is literally happening. <laughs> particularly a lot of the media censorship and particularly a lot of the, the narratives that are being fed to certain mm. people. Yeah. Yeah, and, and innocent people being caught in the crossfire. Yeah. yeah. Having said that... Mm-hmm. You'd watch another one? No. One of the most interesting and funnest parts of the movie mm. is the media side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason Schwartzman. Yes, How yes. How good is he? I feel like we've he's went away for a while, but he's come back with so many good roles right in a, in a row. Spot. Asteroid City, yes, and in the villain in the recent Spider-Man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I loved him. A lot of it was improv, from I believe, too. Like, he yeah. was just riffing on the days. Obviously, they were in a script, but also riffing. But I love the retro future as well of this time, like 1950s, but in the yeah. future style of the broadcast. That's what I liked about the feel of the first season of Loki, that sort of yeah. aesthetic. Yeah, very cool. And even he, you can see how... That idea of a celebrity interviewer and a celebrity host of this mm-hmm. terrible thing has developed over time. Yeah. And I think, you know, in some some movies and shows we've seen with prequels, they rub that in, your, in their face. And the Katniss stuff was sort of really showing that, right? Yeah. But I think a lot was left to the imagination of, like, how the Hunger Games have already seen in the future, which is so techno- technologically advanced and such a media television product, right? Mm-hmm. And these ones are quite bare bones and basic. But... Uh, Snow being there and being part of it and having all these great ideas, mm-hmm. you can see how it's developed year on year on year. Yeah. Which is like, you know, to take a step back, it's horrible to be fascinated yes, by how yeah. they've been able to sell this horrible yeah. event. But I think that was a really good part it's of the story. It's a movie as well, so it's okay to be... Yeah, yeah, no. like, yeah. But I think it was cool. It didn't show you, you didn't have him being like, they should, in the future, we'll all have this happen. You could just see how he, he could see things were working and what was Absolutely, interesting. Yeah. And the fact that he was such a good game maker too. He's got all this mm-hmm. fucked up thing. But also kind of like innocent in some ways. But he just sort of is is put into these situations where his, yeah, mm-hmm. his smarts come to the fore and to survive. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying at the end he, he can ever defend anything he's done at all. But at the beginning, mm-hmm. you can kind of see there are attempts of him trying to make the best out of what a horrible situation he's in. I think in the beginning. Yeah. And I think every time he's confronted with new information, 
he makes a very tactical choice every time. Yes, absolutely. And he's being asked to do that because Viola is sort of like mentoring him a little bit, challenging him, Mm. watching him specifically. And so I think that puts another layer onto it as well. Mm. Oscar winning teardrop when she's sewing his back, right? Perfectly Mm -hmm. timed. How do you do that? Um, (laughs) She's having such a good time in this. Isn't she? Isn't she having the best time? She Um, is so scary. It's a good um, continuation of Philip Seymour Hoffman, who was mm-hmm. the game maker in, in his yep. his movies. Yeah. Philip. I know. Also, it is cool. You're talking about like the de- development of the game. It's interesting that, you know, um, Snow in this one gives Lucy Gray rat poison. Mm-hmm. He also poisons people at the dinner in mm-hmm. part one and mm-hmm. part two. So we've got that coming back. The white flowers coming back as a thing. The Mockingjays coming back as a mm-hmm. thing. So I do think that this is a very well thought out story and obviously it's Suzanne Collins as well and she's obviously put a lot of time and effort yes. into into crafting this narrative. Um, but I, I just think maybe it's because they're, they're working so close together, the producers and directors and author, that maybe a little bit of distance would have helped in terms of seeing or maybe we mm. don't need to put all this in one movie, maybe we could change the structure a little bit to what you have in the book. Like, Yeah, and it's funny some of those things like... It's fan service, right? Mentioning Katniss in that way. Yeah. And so, like, when you're the filmmakers, you probably want to please the fans because yeah. know, that's why you're making the movie. But at the same time, by doing that, you put off other parts of the audience too, right? It's hard because you want to have a faithful adaptation of the novel. Hmm. But there is a reason a story in a novel is different to a story that's on film. The different hmm. mediums, the different ways to tell a story is what you were talking about before with Taylor Swift, hmm. you know? So I, I just think... The, the ending, part two and part three of this were just way too rushed for me. It's like the first part took 90 minutes and then we tried to squeeze the rest of his whole mm. de- descent into actually becoming the villain. Like, he didn't become the villain during The Hunger Games. It was after. That only really happened in the last half an hour and I just wanted so, that slowed down a bit. You're asking for a Snyder Cut-esque oh version God, of this movie. don't. You're saying that. I never said that. <laughs> never would. Do you have any other fun facts for us? No, I think I'm done with fun facts. Okay. Well, what a great young cast. What a great... um, The music as well, Olivia Rodrigo. Doesn't count if it's just over the credits. (laughs) Original... People, please tell me I'm not alone here. Original song, it should be a song that's incorporated into the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. It can't just be a song that they play over the credits. And I'm not saying it's Olivia's fault. Taylor's Safe and Sound did this as well. Eyes Open. Like, it's a whole thing. I just think that they need to be incorporated into the movie. Fair. But the music we do get from Rachel's character sure. is is classic. Not my sort of music all the time. Because it's folksy sort of folksy stuff. Folksy sort of. I don't mind it, but not my, like, go-tos. But I like it. She did. Do you like her accent? No, we don't like her accent. I think it's growing on me. I don't think it's necessary. Yeah. People who read the book said she is supposed to be from that area, but people like, are like, it's never like explicitly stated that she has that. Mm. I don't know. It rubbed I, me the wrong way sometimes. I think I was a bit put off at first because I've seen other stuff where she doesn't have the accent, but sure, it, it worked eventually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Rating time. Oh, I forgot about this. Um, You've been pretty harsh, but also you loved it and watched every interview on YouTube. So. Yeah. And sometimes I think we're harsher on ones we actually liked because we're like, yeah. these are two things you could have done better and we would have loved it even more. I'm going four and a half stars. I'm going four and a quarter. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Tell me your quarters off. Um, your quarter quells off. My quarter quell. 
the complaints I had are um, um, small. Yes. A couple of lines needed to be removed. A four stars for the wigs. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> I'm gonna no, I'm gonna say it on record. Best wigs I've ever seen in any movie wow. or TV show ever. Wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Stop it. Get out of here, Owen Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wow. That's what he says. Get out of here. I. Jesus Christ. Sure. We've been recording for too long. Um. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was really great. Performances were incredible, impeccable even, from every single every single person in the film. The issues I had were a couple story stuff mm. which could have been ironed out. That's why it's not five stars, because it's not perfect. But what you get but is really amazing. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Yeah. We're definitely getting this on Blu-ray and watching it again. Yes, Blu-ray buy. People have been for a long time. Mm-hmm. That's often how we discern mm-hmm. quality, whether we want to mm-hmm. own it or not. And yeah, I reckon own. Yeah, amazing. What's your ranking of the... You know how I was like, mm. one, two, this, three... Catching one. Fire is the best one. I don't know why you got that really? wrong way. Okay. Mm-hmm. It builds upon, but then opens up the world. You just love Sam Claflin. Claflin, yeah. for example. You just love him. Philip's in it too. That's true, actually. Jeffrey yeah. Wright? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're correct. He's right. He's Jeffrey right. Oh, he's right. Okay, so one. Wow. One, I said, get out of here. Stop it. <laughs> two, one, this. Yeah, two, I think this one. Mm. I would need to watch this again, I think, to know if it, I like it more than the first. But the first is pretty special. Yeah. And I think it was a great she's... job setting up the world really quickly and yeah. getting us into the actual games and spending time mm-hmm. there. The and I, I really remember a really strong memory of watching it for the first time in the cinema. Interesting. Which I think mm-hmm. it means it, it had a big impact, you know? Yeah. And it's been good every time since. Yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, inevitably the last two. So you're going to watch... I'm going to watch Mocking Jay Part 2 or... At some point. <laughs> Have you seen it before? Watch it together. And I remember this really well. Wow. I said get out of here. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thanks so much. Is that going to be your really teaser sorry. for next week? <laughs> I'm really sorry for what this podcast has devolved into. Um, <laughs> thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye. Goodbye. Say it. Go on. I haven't said anything. He's gone. You want to say the thing you want He's to gone. say? He's back. Who are you talking about? Owen Wilson. What about him? It's that thing he says in his wow. movie. Wow. Yeah, he does it the way that, um, wait, what is it? Oh, in, when you're playing as Yoshi and you, like, mm. get the, the shell, the blue shell that makes you fly and you go, wow, to get the new mouth. A little bit like that. That's what it reminds me It's also of. a bit like the, the cat who says hi there. Well, hi. Well, hi. <laughs> I do love that cat. Okay, I'm stopping the recording now.